Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi there, we're back. Uh, we're actually on the road right at this moment, but we're not moving. We're sitting on the road in between two of our grandson's volleyball games. Luckily, he had a little break and we thought, hey, let's go out and do the radio show. <laughs> Which we love because we're not always here to see those great games. We have cross-country kids tomorrow, and boy, there's always a lot of excitement going on. A lot of you listeners probably are into the... I'll tell you, we didn't appreciate the intensity of it. When you're a grandparent and you've got a bunch of grandkids and they're playing sports, that can soak up a lot of time. It's not so bad for us because most of our kids live elsewhere, but... I know we've got relatives in Logan. Bless their hearts, they're gone to games three, four hours every day. It seems like they're just—they're. I think they're overdoing it, don't you? They're trying to never miss a grandkid's game. Well, it's the way we used to be with just our kids, we had four games a day a lot because we had three kids playing basketball, starting with junior jazz, and then going right on to the big dance. So. We did a lot of sports watching in our day. And that's probably a pretty good segue into what we want to talk about today because we've been thinking a lot about the eras of parenting, the the phases, the different stages you go through in raising a family. And, you know, you can probably sort of name them pretty easily. Like first you have a baby and then you grow into the stage of toddlers when everything's different and then you grow into the stage of sort of little preschoolers and you have to decide what their preschool experience is going to be or if you're going to have one and then those young elementary grades and then the older elementary is a whole nother stage and then you get into junior high and heaven forbid teenage comes along and Every stage is a little different, don't you think, Linda? I do. What do you mean, heaven forbid? Well, I teenagers. I mean, you know. I no like teenagers. They're you awesome. You say that, but they drove us crazy. There remember? were some days that were rocky. I have to admit <laughs> that. But there really were. We had five teenagers in our house for a lot of years. One had just passed on, and the next one had come up. But um, there are interesting years. And then you send them away. And people start saying, oh, no, your problems are all over. You're sending them off. No, it's just another era. The problems get bigger and more expensive. The empty the empty nest stage comes along, which is very traumatic for some people. And then the grandparent stage. And I guess the first thing I wanted to say today in the way of observation, see what you have to say about this, honey, but... Uh, the great, the great gift, and some people sort of have it naturally, and other people have to really work at it, but it's the great gift of being able to enjoy the stage you're in at the moment, or you might say to bloom where you're planted. And so often in parenting, we tend to do the opposite of that. It's like, I mean, you can identify with this. Let's just take one example. I, I remember saying when we had our first baby and, and she couldn't walk yet, and I'm thinking, Oh, man, won't it be great when this little kid can walk and we have to lug her around all the time. And then I remember, you know, she learned to walk and and she's running off everywhere. And I remember catching myself saying, oh, wasn't it great back when she'd just sit in one place and she couldn't we always knew where she take was. off and we knew where she was. That's a tiny example. But on the macro, I think we're kind of guilty of that as parents sometimes. We're like, oh, it'll be so much easier when they get a little older and they can 
take care of themselves and they don't need to be waited on and or it'll be so great when one of them's old enough to drive so he can take the others to school. <laughs> We're always waiting for something to happen rather than enjoying the moment of whatever stage we're in. I have to stop you there, though, because on our first daughter getting her driver's license, I was so excited because we had eight younger siblings, and I was in the car 24-7, and I could not be three places at the same time, and we did have two cars. But I got, she had been taking driver's training, and we got in the car to go practice parallel parking. And um, by the time I got home, I was a nervous wreck, and I swore I would (laughs) never let a child get in a car with that person because she was a horrible driver. She's still not very good. (laughs) Oh, yes, she is. She learned a lot. She's got five kids now, but it was so scary that it was like, oh, no, now I have to worry about her, too, in addition to doing all the carpools myself. So um, there really are so many stages, and, you know, that's a stage now I look back fondly, but I don't remember thinking, oh, I love this. I love this moment. <laughs> well, I don't. I think that's my point. I think a lot of parents, you know, because parenting is hard at any stage, and because it's hard and it's, it's, it's unpredictable and it's sometimes very stressful, it's the natural tendency to say, well, this, this must be the worst part of parenting right now. I sure look forward to the time when it'll get easier. And then we get to that time and we look back and say, oh, man, I wish I was still back there when things were simpler. And, and you know, that's a, that's a defeating. So, I mean, I know we don't do it intentionally, but almost all parents do that. I'm not saying we don't love our kids and we don't appreciate them because there are always great moments at any stage where we're, we're like, this is what it's all about. This is the reward. This is the this is the moment I've waited for. But then there are those other times where we're really living in the past or in the future. And, and I think it is a gift, but a gift we can work for of saying, I love it right now. Right now is my favorite time. It'll never come again. And then you have to be careful you don't go too far with that. We have one daughter who's constantly saying, oh, stop growing. Stop getting bigger. I like you as a little kid. Oh, please don't. Especially on the last one, we tend to do that. I like, we oh. did that with ours. Let's stop growing. Mom, I have to. I have to. <laughs> um, but I, I saw a funny cartoon the other day. This is a little bit of an aside, I guess. But um, it was pretty funny because there was Obama uh, sitting at his desk with all this pile of stuff. And, and he was saying to himself, oh, remember the good old days when it was just the health care debacle. And <laughs> now... Here he is in this huge international mess. We're just in such a mess in the Middle East. And, you know, he, he should have appreciated how fun that was during the health Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, that, you're not off topic at all. I think that, that happens in so many ways in life. And we, you know, you can live your life crisis to crisis, right? I mean, you can, you can think, well, this is just the latest crisis I'm in, and if I can just get through this one, maybe it'll get better, and then you're in another crisis. Or you can live your life sort of from opportunity to opportunity and say, I'm sure glad I am where I am now, and I hope when I get to a future stage with these kids, I'll enjoy it just as much as I do now. Now, you know, there's there's plenty of, of old cliches and sayings and so on about living in the present, but we're trying to apply it specifically to families and to parenting. 
I mean, you know, the the uh, the Sanskrit poet said, um, "Oh, it was quite beautiful. A little, a little corny, maybe, but yesterday is but a dream, and tomorrow only a vision. But today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of joy, and every tomorrow a vision of hope." Now, don't say that like it's corny. That's <laughs> profound, although our kids may say cheesy instead of corny. But, a little cheesy. Um, but it isn't. It is the way we should live our lives. It's just the challenge of doing it every day because there's so many things that happen in each day that make it make it a crisis. So let's be specific. Well, let's kind of, you know, lecture you listeners here. That's kind of a nice... Uh, Alliteration. Let's lecture you, listeners. Oh, I no. Because I just a no, little, just a that. little. I want to do it because look, here's what we're saying. If you've got a baby right now, enjoy that baby. That's a wonderful phase. If you've got a little toddler running around, getting into things, climbing up on things, falling off of things, enjoy the toddler stage. It'll never come again with that child. If you've got little kids who are going to kindergarten. And you're like, oh, I just wish they could stay home like last year. Don't do it. Say, I'm glad they're the age they are now. It's wonderful. And relish the moment. That's part of parenting because what Linda has taught me, you really have, honey, over the years, you have taught me a wonderful lesson, which is that joy, which we're also seeking, we all wish we had more of, joy is not some flowing thing that laps over you for days at a time or for years at a time. Joy joy is a product of moments, and if we see it in the moment, then we really live our lives to the full. Well, I do have to be realistic, though, because really we've never had a colicky baby. We've had really hard babies. We Our last baby never slept through the night for two and a half years, but um, the colicky babies are really, really hard, and so you can't really enjoy it, but you have to realize that it is fleeting and that this, too, will pass. In fact, my sister had a little baby that was so colicky. Oh, my gosh. We were living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and I remember she was living in Utah. I remember her calling me one day and saying, if there is any way I could mail this child to you, I would. <laughs> I am just about to go over the edge. I am just about to die. And But then, you know, the the perfect round on that is that her daughter had a colicky baby. <laughs> just the same 25 years later. And she knew what she had gone through, but it did pass. And this mom is the most beautiful mother in the world as far as the looks, but also the way she treats her children. Well, you know, and, and the positive side of that coin, again, is relish those moments as they come along. It's kind of like if we could just learn that lesson. Now, now parenting, again, if if what we were looking for was easiness, if we're like, what I want my parenting to be is easy, um, then forget about it. <laughs> That's yeah. never going to come. Yeah. You got the wrong attitude. You got to change your attitude. So instead, you look for these moments of joy. And, and I remember as a young parent deciding, and, and I think you were way ahead of me on this, Linda, and I kind of learned it from you, but deciding that when I did have a moment, a little payoff, a time when one of the kids did something I was really proud of or said something that was just amazingly cute or or sweet or, or came home with a great grade or wrote a little poem that was wonderful, just whatever. I mean, 
Or sometimes there are even smaller moments than that. Sometimes it's just that moment when you're tucking them in and they look at you and their little gaze really expresses love. I mean, they can be tiny moments. But I remember deciding I was going to write those down. Not not some big deal. I wasn't going to write some essay on them. I was just going to write a line in my daily planner. That was back in the day when everybody planned their day on paper and, and little daytimer books instead of on their smartphones. But you could certainly do it on a smartphone. And I, I did that for a while, just writing down the little moments. And, you know, I haven't thought about this for years, honey, but that trying to capture those moments in parenting really was kind of a precursor and led us to the concept of serendipity, which we love so much and which we've actually written a couple of books on. Serendipity meaning the things that happen unexpectedly to you that you didn't plan. But you notice them and you grasp them and you value them. And that there's so much serendipity with children of any age. Yeah, in fact, it's better than you planned. I mean, sometimes a day full of crisis is at the end of the day, you can laugh at it, and that's that's the thing to do. So hold that thought for a minute. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll expand our discussion a little bit into the serendipity of parenting. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Here we are back again, and um, I brought up the word serendipity. It, it's, a, it's kind of a funny word. People use it in different ways. Um, there's a movie called Serendipity, which really is more about fate than serendipity. We, we love the real word serendipity, which means, I'll give you the actual dictionary definition, a state of mind whereby a person frequently, because of his sensitivity and awareness, discovers something better than that which he was seeking. Now think about that as it applies to kids. And I think Linda's naturally serendipity. I, I'm sometimes more of a person who has a list and I want to get it done and I, I'm trying to check things off and I, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want something or someone to come along and throw me off course so I don't get my my list checked off for the day. And frankly, I'm not happy about that. It's a bad way to be. So I've tried to to learn serendipity, which essentially means, yeah, I've got my list and I am trying to get things done. But a child comes along and there's a moment, there's a teaching opportunity, there's a chance to play, there's a chance to fly a kite with him or catch a ball with him or or play, have a tea party with the little daughter or something. And, and those things are not on your schedule. Those are not things you put down on your list to check off. And so the serendipity in parenting comes in and, and being able to say, oh, I'm not, not out of duty, not saying, oh, I better drop everything and play with this kid even though it's an interruption. That's not serendipity at all. It's the idea of saying, wow, here's an opportunity. I couldn't have created this. If I would planned it, I couldn't have got such a great chance to have this little moment, again, back to the idea of moments, with this child who is, frankly, vastly more important than everything on my little checkoff list. And actually, serendipity happens no matter what era you're in. Um, maybe more often when you have little kids because you never know what's going to happen from one minute to the next with little ones, but... 
Um, it's oftentimes just when you feel like you're in a crisis and how could this be happening, and then suddenly something happens that makes it all turn around and realize that it was better than you'd planned, that you couldn't have planned that crisis to make it good. I remember once I left my phone on a plane, and I remember just as I got off and we were at the way back, and so um, everybody was pretty much off, and I went tearing back down that aisle, and the flight attendants were there. There were two flight attendants and uh, somebody, some guy that was still there. Anyway, um, and picking up, finding that phone, they helped me find the phone. And honestly, we, we became fast friends in about three minutes. They were like, oh, I've done this. Don't worry. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. It was just a moment that I will never forget because they were so kind and so good. And we did find the phone. And I thanked them soundly and went on my way. But I thought, you know, I couldn't have planned that. Um, and I wouldn't have asked for it. But. Well, and that, yeah, that's a great kind of, I mean, the, that kind of adult serendipity happens all the time. And, and so parent, what parents should say is, I've got even more opportunities for serendipity than, than a typical adult without children because my kids are going to constantly be unpredictable and present me with opportunities to have a serendipitous, that's the adjective form, a serendipitous moment. In fact, we used to say, Linda, that uh, the two the two types of people that are almost forced to live by serendipity, and so they might as well enjoy it, are farmers and parents. I mean, a farmer might have a plan to go plow his field, but then it might rain, and he might have to go in the barn and stack the hay or something. I mean, he is dependent on forces he can't control, and if there's Another example of that in the world of someone who is dependent on forces he can't control, it's a parent because <laughs> the kids, I mean, we try to discipline them. We try to have schedules for them. We try to make things happen orderly. But kids by nature, especially little ones, are going to not follow the order or the priority or the schedule. I'm not saying that you can't get them to come to dinner and you can't send them off to school on time and so on. But they're not going to have their learning moments or the times when real quality time is possible on some schedule that you set up. You're going to have to be serendipity enough as a parent to seize the moment. You have to realize how important this word is to Richard Iyer. Hmm. He loves this word so much. This is what happened to us when we discovered serendipity during an era in our that was just very unique. We had a whole lot of little kids, and we decided to move to England for six months, take all of our kids out of school and put them in so that he could go to the British Library and do research. Well, it wasn't why we went. No, no, it was one of the reasons why, but it was a good reason and an important reason. He needed to do research on the word serendipity, so he wrote a whole book at that time about the importance of serendipity and it really is, I mean, it was so important that when we had our first child, we named her Saren. And he wanted to name her Serendipity. We're not kidding. This is true. It's true. He wanted to name her Serendipity. I said, no, people will call her Dippity. We're not doing that. We can call her Saren. So, uh, and her middle name is not Dippity. <laughs> it's just Saren. But it really is such an important word to us because we realize it's, it's, Every era of our life is full of serendipity if we're looking for it. But it did come, you make a good point, Linda, it came about 
not as a result of some experiences we had in business or in travel or in politics. It came about as a result of our experience in parenting. And, and you know, we decided that we didn't want to make a choice between being... Well, in fact, I'll go even further. We observed early on in our parenting that the kind of parents who were really blowing it, I, I'm being blunt here, the ones who were actually losing their kids were the ones who were either so strict and so scheduled and so iron rod sort of locked in that the kids were just like little robots and the only way they could ever find their true identity would be to rebel. Or the parents who were so sort of laid back, laissez-faire, whatever you want, do whatever you want, no schedule, no particular effort to control the learning or the process of kids, no curfews. The the, the two extremes were the ones losing their kids. And and our observation was we don't want to be either one of those. And, And you can apply, you can see the metaphor to life. You don't want to be so structured that if you have to leave your list of things to do, you're going to get all upset and go crazy. But at the same time, you don't want to be a ski bomber, a guy that just sort of has no ambition and has no list. So you apply that to parenting and you say, well, we want to, we want to have discipline. We want to have a schedule. We want to have rituals. We want to have things kids can rely on. But this is a huge, but we also want to be spontaneous and recognize the teaching moments that kids are going to give us that are not part of our schedule. So, I mean, with that input, we're kind of back to where we started, which is the eras of our life. And and you want to be nostalgic about them. I mean, we are. We look back and we 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 get we get almost weepy thinking about how wonderful it was when we had nine kids or when we had little preschoolers or when we had teenagers and had four games every day. Even I mean, though at the time we yeah. were crying and saying, yeah. This is so hard. This is so hard. Um, but it is true that we have to keep reminding ourselves how much fun we're having. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way of saying it. It's like, this is the time. What, when someone says, what's the best parenting time, what you want to answer is right now. This is the best. This is the most challenging. This is the most wonderful. Or grandparenting time. Yeah. There's got yeah. to be grandparents out there, too. Yeah, well, no, especially, exactly. I mean... Grandparents, and we do see a lot of grandparents who are pining away. We were just with a woman the other day. I just can't stand it. My last child has left. I feel like I have no purpose in life. I'm just like a fish out of water. I just hate this empty nest. Well, she needs to change her attitude. She needs to say this is a great time, and what can I do now for my children that I couldn't do while they were still here? It's so true. I think one way that we can really appreciate eras is to have traditions that last through all the eras, and then it helps you to remember and look back, but it also helps you to look forward. And, and for example, we're coming up on Richard's birthday next month. <laughs> and um, We're trying to forget it. His birthday tradition, every year we would go out and jump in the leaves. When we first introduced this to the kids, because it's always, we usually live in a place where fall, the leaves fall. And so we um, we thought, well, the kids will, they'll like this, but no big deal. Well, they, first of all, they thought, well, I don't know. 
I don't know if this is going to be fun or not. They had so much fun the first time that they would not let us forget about it. We just kept on going. And every year it got bigger and more important. And now we have to go to the big park where the big leaves are, and we bury each other in leaves, and we jump out of the trees into the leaves, and and we stuff leaves on each other's back, and now we have to have our friends, and now we have to have hot chocolate. And it really got to be such a fun tradition. Well, it did create a lot of moments. And and that's the interesting thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Linda, because sometimes it is the ritual and the traditions that you have in your family that create the unexpected moments because i mean you've got a you've planned for a tradition but then something happens it's a wonderful kind of a moment now in the last couple of minutes we have here i want to say one more quick thing and that is that one reason we've been thinking about the eras of parenting or the different phases of parenting is because we've just finished a brand new book and we're going to talk about it extensively next week on the show or at least in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to get to it. And it's called The Thankful Heart. And it's a beautiful thing. It's one of those things where we're trying to show the eras of our life. And we every year we would send out a Thanksgiving card, and so we collected some of those messages. And we decided that that's just a... Looking back through those, look at these little kids. And then look here, a couple of years later, they're older. And we started thinking about all the wonderful eras of parenting and how great it is to try to appreciate all of them. One more really quick thing, then you get the last word, Linda. Um, We are going to be signing that book, The Thankful Heart, and our other new book, The Turning, that we've spoken of on this show before, uh, down at the Deseret Bookstore in Salt Lake City. Any of you who might be in town for conference, we'd love to see you. We'll be there from 12 to 2 on the Saturday of the LDS conference in Salt Lake City. Or Linda will be there in the evening from 6 to 8, and we'd love to... Wouldn't we love to see some of these people who are listening every week, and we've never met them? Absolutely. We would love to see you come on over, and we'll talk about some moments together, but also we'd be glad to sign a book for you. It's really a fun picture book. has lots of wonderful photography and so on, and the turning will be there also. So... Hope to see some of you, and we'll be talking again soon. See you next week on Ayers on the Road. 